Radio Pulpit, 657 AM. Calls by Colton Dixon. What a beautiful song. It's got us jamming here in studio with Ayanda and I. Uh, she's even given a little bit of a whistle. It's uh, 20, about 18 minutes to five. And uh, we're about to have a conversation with Dr. Andrew Lawson, who is a specialist um, in interventional radiologist. And I'm looking forward to just hearing words of wisdom and nuggets about how we can tackle fibroids. Feel the pulse of the real life on 657 AM. 657 AM. The sounds of your life. Good afternoon, Dr. Lawson, and welcome to Spectrum on Radio Pulpit. Good afternoon, and thank you very much for having me on your broadcast. Thank you very much for taking time out. Let's just jump straight into it, Doc. Um, What are fibroids and what are the causes thereof? Thank you so much, and a very good afternoon to your listeners, and I hope you'll find this uh, interview formative both to you and and to the listeners. So in in answer to your question, fibroids, and I think we need to be very clear on this, they are are not cancerous. Hmm. They are are growths that occur in the uterus, um, in layman's terms, the womb of a woman, Hmm. which means they're exclusive woman problems. Males cannot get this condition, and... uh, that's very important because fibroids are that's a woman's thing. Yeah. All right. And in, shall we say, in our continent, on our continent rather than just South Africa, it is ubiquitous. Three out of five women have fibroids. Mm. Many women won't even know they have fibroids and all the better for them. But unfortunately, out of those three women, 80% of them can be symptomatic. Now, by symptomatic, we mean that the fibroids cause them problems in their daily lives. And we'll get round, get round to that in a second. You, you also asked what caused these fibroids. Mm. Look, nobody knows. Nobody knows. There is definitely a predisposition to, shall we call it, native African continent dwellers. Yes. Um, ladies um, from African descent seem to have not only one fibroid, but if they do have fibroids, they'll have more than one. They won't be pea-sized. They'll be golf ball size, lemon size, watermelon size, they'll be huge. So I I quote that both from international literature as well as personal experience having a practice that extends from Cape Town all the way up to Tanzania. Mm. Um, It really is, it's it's, it's quite a problem amongst African women. And women often are talking to each other about about it. And many ways, that's why I get my referrals. Mm. They will say, "Look, I've had fibroids," and sometimes there's a there's a little bit of there's a bit of shame attached to it. You know, you you kind of don't really want to talk about your your, your problems, but you kind of then hear of someone who's been treated mm-hmm. with this way, and then you open up. Um, there's nothing to be ashamed of at all. It's, it's it's not anything to be ashamed of. It's just a very common condition. Hmm. A very so the way it affects, okay. yeah, very, and I think this is the next thing is is quite important. Is the way it affects women because quite often, because it's it's a slow growing thing. The fibroid can be with you for many years before you even know you have it. You'll get used to what it does to your body. And the commonest symptom is ladies who have very heavy bleeding. And I can't tell you how many times a patient or a lady will tell me, "But doc, I thought it was normal to bleed and use like." a whole box of stuff mm, mm. in a day or two because it's normal. You know, you don't always, it's not really a dinner time conversation. Is yeah. It? <laughs> and then they, they end up at the family doctor or at the gynae and they have a scan and they get quite a fright. And the gynae will be like, 
you've got a fibroid mm. and it needs to be cut out, you know. And then suddenly the individual puts two and two together and realizes, gosh, my heavy periods have been due to the fibroid that I've had for so many years. Sure. And of course, now the women are faced with, with decisions. What do we do? Mm. I think that's probably what we're going to talk about more in this interview. Absolutely, uh, Dr. Lawson. So you've mentioned one of the symptoms already that it's uh, got a lot to do with heavy bleeding during a woman's cycle. What are the other symptoms that one can actually look out for? I, I think in order is quite important. So probably the commonest is the heavy periods. Mm-hmm. The second thing is pain. Now, Many women have pain during their cycle as it's part of, of being a woman. And mm. it's, it's something that gynecologists often have to manage. And it's, it's hard, both for the woman and, and for the doctor, because a lady will have pain during her cycle, whether she has fibroids or no fibroids. But now suddenly she has fibroid. Is that pain due to the fibroid or something else? Mm. So we've got to be careful. Yes, pain can be definitely be a symptom of fibroids. And then the third one, the third major one, and I'm never forget this, is what we call the pressure effect. You can imagine you've got a fibroid growing around the womb. Your next door neighbor is your bladder and behind you it's your it's your it's your back passage. So yes. and you know the lady will tell me, Hey doc, you know, sometimes I have to get up four times at night or, or during the day if I drink a cup of coffee, within ten minutes I'm running to the bathroom. Mm. And it makes perfect sense because you know, a, a womb is a very small thing. It's no bigger than a pear. Mm. A womb is a very small thing. Now suddenly you have a fibroid the size of an orange Excuse all the analogies to fruit, but at least something that someone, you know, one can picture. Relatable, yes. Yeah, it's relatable. You know, now you've got something squeezing up on your bladder, and the ladies have terrible troubles running to the bathroom, not being able to, you know, have a nice cup of coffee or drink a glass of water and and not have to to, to run throughout the night. Mm. So pressure symptoms. And the pressure symptoms also, and this is very common, patients will say, Doc, you know, I look pregnant. Hmm. And I, I think this is this is this is a, this is maybe one area that patients feel very embarrassed about. You go to work, and your colleague says to you, "When's the baby coming?" Hmm. And the individual blushes and says, "Well, I'm not pregnant." Yeah, you know, and 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 no 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 lady is fat. We don't talk about fat. So then you know you feel embarrassed that you're fat, but she's not fat. She's got this big fibroid growing, hmm. and it makes her look fat or pregnant and these are very uncomfortable things in a social setting um you know so it, we, we have these three big things we have heavy periods yes obviously very uncomfortable mm-hmm. we've got pain mm-hmm. and we've got pressure symptoms related both to squeezing your bladder and making you need to run to the loo or making you look fat mm. um Those now you want to do something about it Oh, sorry, sorry, Dr. Lawson. So no those problem. are the those are the symptoms that one actually needs to to really um, look out for and be cautious when they're going through their monthly cycle. I just want to encourage our listeners to just uh, be part of the conversation. Just send us a WhatsApp on zero eight two six five seven two seven two nine. We're talking all things fibroids and women's health regarding our womb, and then um, we also have a caller on the line. Uh, I believe, oh, uh, rather somebody who sent us a message. Um, um, I think it's Shalom J. I'm just going to read this out for you, Doc. It says, uh, what is the earliest age this can appear? So what is the earliest age that a, a woman can actually experience fibroids? So that's actually a, a great question. And I'm going to follow it up with, with, with one, the answer, but two, a, a secondary spin on that. Mm. So 
A fibroid can only appear when a lady is in her men in her pre-menopausal years, so she must be having a period. Mm. So a, a fibroid can't appear when you know she's 12 or 13. That, that just can't. Mm. And it's not a fibroid if she's say call it over 50, 51, and she's into the menopause, which means the fibroids will grow between the ages give or take 16 and 50. With commonly Commonly, we see fibroids from about 28, 29, 30 years mm. onwards to about 48, 49. Now, the next question that stems from that is, well, those are years that you have your babies in. Mm. Um, do the fibroids cause me to not have babies? Now, this is a very contentious topic because the reason for individuals not falling pregnant can be huge. Mm. Lots of reasons. Lots of reasons. Just because you have a fibroid does not mean you can't or won't fall pregnant. That's very important because, and again, this is a very culturally sensitive thing. Mm. The ladies, the gynae will, let, let's say, let's take a couple. They are not falling pregnant. They go to the gynae and the gynae identifies a fibroid. Mm -hmm. So then, of course, it's the lady's fault and she needs surgery to remove the fibroid. But no other investigations, non-investigations have been done on the couple. Mm. It's always the lady's fault with fibroids, so we cut her open. Mm. Now, it, it's a big cultural thing, and I always tell my patients, who many of my patients obviously want to fall pregnant, I say to them, look, what have you done to check that it's not the fibroids yes. causing, you know? Has, has the potential father had kids before, mm. i.e., has he had a sperm count? A sperm count is harmless. It doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah. But meanwhile, the poor woman is being subjected to surgery without a sperm count being done. Hmm. And I mean, this is a big thing about em empowering women's health and women's wellness. It's like, you, you know, to get pregnant takes two people, husband and wife or Absolutely. partner, you know. Yeah. And uh, rather do a test which is not invasive um, first. Yeah, and then really going first. into surgery first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because many ladies, I, I can't tell you how many ladies have babies while they've got fibroids successfully. Wow, thank you so much for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And that's really important. And this is a big shout out to your listeners. Just because you have fibroids doesn't mean you're not falling pregnant. Yes. Can you have babies in when you've got fibroids? Yes. That's absolutely, um, that's that's what we need to focus on, that you can yeah. still hope. It's not doom and gloom. At times, I think not people get a diagnosis and they often freak out not knowing, you know, a way forward. And just exactly. to actually rope the listeners in, I'd just like to ask you, if you're listening in and you would like to ask Dr. Lawson a couple of questions, you've got the opportunity right now to call us on 12 1322 That's 12-334-1322. So um, you mentioned that they, it, it doesn't necessarily prevent one to fall pregnant, uh, Dr. Lawson. What are the uh, effects, just aside from the symptoms that a woman can get, what are the negative effects that would particularly lead a woman to having surgery? So this, this is, that's a very good question because if you've got fibroids and you have no symptoms, no heavy periods, no pain, but you don't look fat, you can leave them. Mm. And I think that's also a very important thing. Leave your fibroids until they're affecting your life negatively. Mm. Okay. Now, now let's 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 quickly let's quickly grab onto that. Let's say you've now decided, man, 
my periods are too heavy or I've got too much pain or I'm putting on weight despite my regular gymming, now I'm going to go for treatment. You know you've got a fibroid, but now it's time that you have something done about it. Now we talk options. Yes. There, there are basically three major options. Mm-hmm. Removal of the womb and the fibroid, which in someone under 40, even under 45, either by choice or by cultural desire or whatever, is unacceptable. They yes. don't want that. Yeah. Major surgery, you feel like you've lost a part of yourself, blah, blah, blah. People don't want that. Mm. So the two more favorable options are removal of the fibroid via surgery. They call it myomectomy, mm-hmm. which definitely has a huge place in the treatment of fibroids. And then there's a third line, and this is the line that I specialize in. It's the non-surgical treatment of fibroids yes. called embolization. We call it fibroid embolization or uterine artery embolization. It's all the same thing, mm. or uterine fibroid embolization. So what that involves is we identify the blood supply going to the fibroid and we block that blood supply off without operating. We do all of that by working, I'm going to keep this very layman's terms, by working in the veins of the patient or in the artery of the patient. Mm -hmm. So we put a tiny, tiny needle into um, an artery that we identify, slide it up using a little catheter or a little flexible tube, and I I mean tiny, I mean no bigger than one millimeter, which is only fractionally bigger than a needle. Yes. Um, you don't feel it. You block off the blood supply. You wide awake in the procedure. You jump off the bed. You spend one night in the hospital, and off you go. Mm. Um, and and really, it is it, it is that simple. Um, the recovery time is very quick. We say two weeks off work, but in reality, most ladies within the first five or six days are already working from their home offices um, versus surgery, which is six weeks, nothing. Mm. Six weeks, no work. And and many women, that's that's also very unfavorable, Mm. particularly when they've got families to run or they've got professional businesses to attend to, taking six weeks off. It's quite a stretch. It's a a stretch. Yes. So one then has to look at at, at the negatives of, of, of embolization. And, 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 you know, if we had this discussion 15 years ago, there'd be probably quite a string of negatives because it was a new technique. But now the list of negatives is extremely low. Okay. It really is low. Um, a lot of fibroids can be treated with embolization. Um, once, you know, you've consulted with the interventional radiologist or the specialist, they can identify whether you would be a candidate. But many ladies are candidates. Um, and, you know, you're going to have to look for a good reason not to offer, not to offer at least embolization. Mm. Wow. And then, so Dr. Lawson, I can only imagine that some of our listeners are interested in just being in contact with your um, organization. Where do they go to actually get help uh, from fibroid care? And uh, what are the procedures that are needed for one to actually get um, embolization? So we've we've streamlined our service because we, we, we work in so many countries um, and you, you've actually said it already. Our website is called Fibroid Care. Mm-hmm. So that's one way. My name, if you simply Google my name and fibroids, you will find me as the first hit on Google. My number is there. That's my direct line. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Drop me a WhatsApp. I will then take the individual through the steps um, required. Obviously, suitability is huge. And mm-hmm. suitability is not only whether the lady has fibroids, whether she's got symptoms. But unfortunately, there's also a financial 
thing attached to it. This yes. is obviously not a free service. Um, it's 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 not fibroid embolization is, is is not a new thing in South Africa, and the funding is from a lot of the medical aids. They okay. look favorably upon it. Mm-hmm. Um, we helped, obviously, with that and advise on that. And we try to make it affordable. So, you know, if a medical aid will fund it, we'll work within those funding guidelines. And that's very important because, you know, if a lady needs treatment, she needs treatment. And mm. if we can give it to her because her insurance covers it, that's wonderful. Yes. And we want to stay in those confines. So if, if someone is interested, contact us on the website or drop a WhatsApp to the number on the website. You can Google it, Google it Dr. Lawson, treating fibroids or non-surgical treatment for fibroids. You'll get straight through to me. We'll run you through a few questions. We'll advise on the finances. And then if it looks like we can potentially help you, we'll set an appointment. Dr. Lawson, thank you so very much for your uh, wisdom and sharing nuggets on how to deal with fibroids. Um, We really appreciate having you with us this afternoon. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for the listeners. I hope it was beneficial. Definitely. Thank you very much. Well, there you have had it um, from Dr. Andrew Lawson, who is from Fibroid Care. If you would like to actually contact them, just go to their website and uh, just uh, maybe get an appointment so that you can get checked out. And as he mentioned, that a lot of medical aids actually cover uh, embolization. So it's not all doom and gloom. And uh, we are grateful that there is an alternative to surgery. From your ear, to your heart, to your mouth, to your feet. Join this life on 657 AM. Well, there is a time to search and a time to give up. A time to reap and a time to sow. Radio Pulpit wishes to be there at all times, even when you just need prayer. Send us your prayer request by calling 067-429-7564 or email it to prayer at radiopulpit.co.za Radio Pulpit's Facebook page makes you more a part of the station than ever before. Now you can give your opinion regarding our programs or even contact your favorite presenter. You can get the latest news and existing programs and communicate with other listeners. Come on, let your fingers do the talking on Radio Pulpit's Facebook page. It's interactive and dynamic. Just visit facebook.com forward slash Radio Pulpit. You and 657 AM and Life, a winning team on the road to eternity.